Welcome to the Six Figure Business Mastery Podcast, where every week, Kirsten and Jeannie dive into the essential topics to fuel your business growth. From copywriting to course creation, mindset to video marketing, they've got you covered. Tune in for expert guest interviews on all things marketing and business, and learn how to work on your business, not just in it. So, get ready to unlock your business potential and take it to the next level. Whether you're looking to change careers or start the business of your dreams, our guest today, Rich, is going to share some practical tips that can help you do just that. He is a wealth of information, and I know you're going to walk away from this episode with some practical things that you can put into place to make your life more enjoyable and your career or your business more successful. Welcome, everyone. I am thrilled to introduce you to Richard Mitchell. Dr. Richard Mitchell is a life coach who helps high-achieving professionals to overcome burnout and get fired up about their personal and professional lives. Through his own story of burnout, Rich helps others to identify the symptoms of burnout in their own lives so they don't fall victim to it. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So welcome, welcome, Richard. We're so happy to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're um, always interested in hearing people's story about your burnout situation and how you ended up making this amazing career change. Do you mind sharing that with everyone? Yes. I was a teacher and administrator, educational administrator for about 18 years. And through that time, in addition to professions prior to, I really learned to work myself, but work to a, a level that was really, I couldn't really keep up with it. And 2020 brought a lot of different changes for all of us and including me, and that included a, a divorce and my father passed away and all these different things that were uh, occurring. But at the same time, I was really struggling with work. And with the divorce in particular, I wasn't able to have my kids as much as I wanted to because it was too early in the morning uh, for me to have them having to be at my job at seven o'clock in the morning. All the different things that, that came into play, really, I found myself disengaged with work. I found myself uninterested in moving forward. I, I hit a plateau and I wasn't interested in overcoming that plateau. And really it ended up with me being burned out. And I was able, fortunately, had started my life coaching business and was able to move into that upon retiring this past July. And you are a high achiever. If I remember correctly, you've got a couple of master's degrees and a doctorate. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Yes. You're an overachiever in a lot of areas. I'm an, I'm an, I'm an overlearner, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your transition into like your retirement and your full-time coaching practice. How has that been for you so far? Uh, it's been great. This was really the direction that I wanted to go. It came a little earlier than I expected, but it's the, it was the direction that I wanted to go. And the nice part about going from education to life coaching is, and this is something I talk about in my program, but go, going from life uh, education into life coaching was really a pretty, not a seamless transition, but it makes sense. So I, I work with people that are looking they're interested in changing their careers or they're unhappy with their job and they want to do something else. But often they'll say, there's nothing else I can do. I only know teaching or I only know this, that, and the other thing. I didn't go from education to medical device sales. I went from education to life coaching. So it all made sense. And as I transitioned to this, I was able to really harness the skills that I learned as an educator and, and had honed as an educator and move them into my coaching practice and being able to help people one-on-one -on -one with very specific problems that they have as a result of being overworked and having a difficult time at work. And I am someone that I, I coach on what I know. There's a lot of things that I could help people with, 
empty nests and, and things like that, but I don't, I'm not an empty nester. So I don't feel comfortable coaching them. I have been through burnout. I have made several career pivots over the past 30 years. And so I'm very comfortable helping people find fulfillment because that's been the direction of my life throughout my 30 year professional career. That's fantastic. And it's so exciting that we live in a time when we can have multiple careers, right? It's not 50 years ago when everyone, when you, when you work for a company until you basically retired or died, right. that was the track. And I feel like yep. we just have so much joy and freedom because mm -hmm. of the fact that we can have multiple careers and have a lot of satisfaction in each of those careers that we've done. So mm -hmm. Jeannie's got a corporate background. I've got a real estate background. So just really realizing that the skills that we learn in those other professions often do carry through. Yes. Um, what we're doing now. So one of the first things that when you and I were talking, we were talking about creating focused time, mm -hmm. you know, to maximize efficiency. And that's one of the things you talk about a lot. So can you elaborate on that? Yes. So focus time is a concept that I learned through my coach certification training. And what it ultimately it's the idea is that it's really important to calendar, to do everything with your calendar and really use your calendar to your advantage. So you can manage your time and also your activities. Activity management is a really big element of success because if you're not managing your activities as a business owner, if you're not managing your activities, you can go into different areas that feel more comfortable when you really should be doing the other thing, right? For instance, if you're as a business owner, I want to be spending at least 70 to 80% of my time working on income producing activities. So if I don't calendar that out, I really, I'll make a website all day long. <laughs> I'll do all the different things that I feel like I should be doing to set up as opposed to actually going out and, and trying to do those income producing activities. So focus time, what that allows you to do is take, you go in each day. What I do is I go in each day and I do at least two hours of focus time in the morning and two hours of focus time in the afternoon. And when you're focused, you put your phone on airplane mode. You put your email on do not disturb and you, you take it offline and you really set aside tasks that need that time in order to create or complete. So if I want to, if like yesterday, for instance, I, the first two hours of the day from nine to 11 or whatever it was, I made 25 touches with people to help that, to try to talk to them about my business. So 25 people for the week. And now I've scheduled several calls and I have those throughout this next week and a half or so that I've created. And then I'll do the same thing next week. So the focus time is really an effort to really help you hone in on your time. When I was starting my business, I had to, my folk, I had work. So work for was from seven to four. And then I had focus time from four till nine o'clock at night or whatever, because I was building my business. So it was, is a little bit different as a, a person that was basically holding two jobs. But then once I came out and now it's just me. <laughs> and so now I'm responsible for all my time and I have to really be intentional about how I use it in order to be successful with my time. Richard, yeah. curiosity, the, the clients that you're coaching how many of them end up moving from one career to another career opposed to how many of them end up uh, leaving a career and starting a business? Um, the, I haven't had anyone start a business yet, but that's certainly a, a direction that I can see happening. The really big, the one that I've really worked with is changing, is changing jobs. That's been a factor thus far is that someone who is really miserable in their job. But when I really 
listen to them and help them under, or when I understand them and I'm able to understand it back to them, they really see that they're, it's not the, it's not necessarily a job. It's their thoughts about the job, but they still like what they do. They just don't like doing it in the environment that they're in. That's really the focus that I've been, that I've had thus far. I do have a client that he came to me with imposter syndrome and he was concerned about being, being an imposter. And the, for the first two weeks, it was all about trying to help him just get started. Just stop procrastinating, stop, stop putting it off and just go. And uh, the third week I said, we're going to, I want you to make some calls. I want you to call the people that you're comfortable with. And he, the next week I came and I was like, so how did it go? Did you make the calls? And he was like, yeah, I have two clients. I was like, there you go. So he did actually start, he did start a, he did start a business through our time together, which was really cool. Yeah. And I think whether you're, you're in your situation, whether they're going to go from one corporate job to another or from a corporate job to a business, that focus time is important because whether you're working on your resume or practicing your interviewing skills, mm -hmm. or like you said, reaching out and applying for different jobs, all of that really does require focus time. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the hardest things. Jeannie, do you think like for business owners, sometimes it's just so hard to just nail down what you're going to focus on for a few hours each day? Yeah, absolutely. If we can expand into time very easily. <laughs> and like you said, working on your website or tweaking your brand or your colors or the this or the that, mm -hmm. the things that, like you said, aren't revenue generating. I think we, right. I think we're all guilty of probably spending too much time on that. But if you know that you're going to set aside time in your day to strictly focus on revenue generating ideas, I love that. I think that's genius. And I think that can make a huge difference for anybody who's working in a business or owns a business. Yes. Yeah. And with career change, one of the things that I've helped a couple of clients through is they'll set aside two hours and it'll be to start looking for a job. And you can like, you've started looking for a job, but just by saying you're looking for a job. So you have to get away from saying you're going to start for two hours and go in and say, okay, I want to research five companies and really understand their mission statement so that I understand if this is a company that I even want to work for. Like when, when at the level that, that I'm at, I'm 50 years old, when I'm helping midlife professionals, we're not just midlife professionals aren't just taking any job that they can get. They're able to really look at a, a, a company and figure out how their skills can augment what the company needs or augment the, the needs of the company. But also they're interviewing the company, right? They're, they're, they're able to say, I'm not interested in working for this company. They have that sort of luxury because we have the knowledge and the wisdom, which is, which it's a blessing and a curse, but I think more of a blessing because you don't, you can be very intentional with the next phase of your life. You don't have to find a job in three weeks. You have however long you want to find a new career or a new position. That's so true. And I think a lot of times when people are avoiding those things, we talk a lot about clients who just spend time in Canva, like creating posts or creating social, or in this case, they're probably finding other things to do other than researching the company. It's just fear, right? If that's the most comfortable place to stay, working on your website, working on your brand, creating social media posts, things that in theory are revenue generating, marketing is important, but it's not like pounding the pavement to actually get that business in, or it's not like you said, researching the company or applying for jobs. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to realize that it really is just a fear that keeps us stuck in doing mm -hmm. um, low quality or low return tasks, the tasks that have a lower rate of return on them, I guess is the way I would say it. And I attribute it to self-confidence. Almost, I would say 99% of what I do as a coach 
has to do with the person's self-confidence. Imposter syndrome, procrastination, lack of motivation, all has to do with a person's lack of self-confidence. And once we get over that step of going and looking at a, at a different company or whatever, like once we get over that one step, then, then we can continue on to, to success. Yeah, let's talk, let's switch it around a little bit and talk about people who are feeling that burnout, who are overworking themselves, whether they're working two jobs or they're spending so much time looking for another job while they're working full time. Mm. Do you have any recommendations on how they can make that a little bit easier? So the, what I, in the theme of your podcast and the work that you do, the outsourcing is a really important element to anybody's business. And I think I'm not in the, I'm not in the position to start outsourcing yet, but that's a goal of mine right now. I'm outsourcing in the sense of like my coaches, right? I have coaches that I'm working with, but eventually I want to be able to outsource so that I am able to create content. I am able to create the things that I know will drive my business forward. It's interesting because listening to your information, my, my first inkling was like, oh, I need a person to do my LinkedIn posts because I, that's what I use as my main plat, social media platform. But I love doing that. I love the LinkedIn. I love the writing the LinkedIn and the blog and all that kind. So I don't want to outsource that part of it. I might outsource the photography and whatnot, but I'm the writing I'm holding on to, at least at this point. But the way, if you can, if you have something that is a, is a task that you don't necessarily need to be focused on so that you can do the larger stuff, then outsourcing that to someone else who is really good at that is, is the way to go. My, I want to focus on coaching. That's what I love. I love right now. I, I love all of this, all of the different things that I'm doing, but eventually like the coaching is what I want to do. So if I can get someone to do the other different things, or at least keep me on target, that's the, that's a goal of mine. So my point is, is that you can, you can really do yourself a favor by hiring someone to do the things that you don't necessarily want to do, or you're not good at so that they can shine and they can do the things that they're good at. And you can, you'll make more money because you're able to focus on the things that, you know, the things that you're good at. One of the things that you know, as a, as an educator in particular, we tend to focus on and help students focus on the, the doing the things that they're not good better. Um, so learning a skill that if they're not, if they're not good at math, like we drive them toward being good at math. And I get that but as a professional, once you figure out that this is not really what I want to be doing, I, I'm not like, let's say someone's not good at budgeting. If I'm not good at budgeting, I don't need to be spending my time now at 50 years old, learning how to budget. I would rather continue doing what I'm doing and get better at that and let someone else be good at budgeting for me. And then I don't have to worry about that. I don't have time to be learning. I don't have time to be learning new skills at this point. I want to make sure that I'm building the skills that I already have. Well, it's so funny. You bring up such a great point because as an entrepreneur, you wear so many hats mm -hmm. and that means you're often always in this learning new skill place. And like mm -hmm. you said, it's often not the best use of time. I know when Jeannie, the very first thing she outsourced was bookkeeping because she doesn't enjoy that. And one of the things that you said, you enjoy writing, like you're, you're an English teacher at heart, like you've been doing that for 20 years. So you love writing and you enjoy it. Jeannie's a graphic designer. And of course we have an entire team. But one of the things we remember is that if she's excited about a project or something that's coming up, we always talk about, is this something you want to sink your teeth in? Are you feeling creative and you want to get in there and do it? Because mm -hmm. if she does, then that's great. And she'll decide it's not the best use of my time right now, or yes, I do have time and I do want to get into it. 
So I think that is a misconception is that you have to outsource things that you love doing. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily true. You know what I'm saying? There may come a time when you're so busy with coaching, you may end up outsourcing some of your writing, just like Jeannie outsources most of our graphic design, but you mm-hmm. don't have to. And I think that's a huge, a hu- something that's really important for people. And I feel like the most important skill any entrepreneur should definitely develop is delegating, right? Mm-hmm. Learning how to delegate tasks. And as an administrator, I'm sure you have a lot of those skills already in place because you had that role mm-hmm. and that'll lead easily into you delegating. But for a lot of entrepreneurs, the whole concept of delegating and then managing someone, it can feel overwhelming and it's scary. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that has blown my mind, and I know Jeannie's heard this a million times, was when we start, first started placing marketing virtual assistants with our clients. So someone to take care of their video editing and their graphic design and their SEO and things like that. It was so crazy to me to hear things like, I feel like a real business owner now. I can't believe how isolated I was in my business. I just love having conversations with my virtual assistant about the creative Mm -hmm. or things like, I just had no idea how much I was beating myself up because I couldn't get everything done. And now I realize I've got this person working 20 or 30 or 40 hours a week for me. And there's still projects coming up that are on the back burner waiting to get put in place to be done. Because if you're building a bigger business, it really is something that's usually bigger than us as individuals. But I feel like delegating is a skill that everyone should consider developing through their business over time. Yes. And that's not an easy, uh, that's not an easy thing to do. And, and I think to your point, as a business owner, we, I got into this business because I want to help people, but I also know how much other things it, how much other, the other things that I have to do in order to find people to help in order for them to start coming to me. And the nice part about this is that I know enough, I know enough to like make it work on this level. I don't know enough to scale. But what's so when I, once I start scaling and I bring someone on to help me, I know enough to check in on them and say, hey, listen, that's not working. Or what if we try this? I, I'm not blind to what they do. Uh, so that's the nice part about there is a learning curve. But if you're paying attention to that learning curve, then you can check in and make sure that you're monitoring those things without having to be a perfectionist, which again, like that's that's a whole other element to this is that someone's trying to be a perfectionist because they know how to do it. And when we think we know how to do it, often we that means that we think that other people don't know how to do it. And we have to, the delegation is really, the delegation will take, will take that mindset away from you pretty quickly once you realize you're not able to scale. Yeah, yes. It's interesting because Kirsten always says this, that people don't realize that you can outsource something that you don't know how to do every single piece and part of it. Like we have our marketing VAs do video editing. Now I know how to do video editing, which was helpful because we then had a a good idea of how long it should take them. But the person who hires them doesn't need to know about video editing. They just need to know what they like and need to be able to articulate that to the person who's doing it for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I don't know if you've ever heard, Rich, have you heard of the rule of three? Have you heard of this concept? I'm sure I have, but go ahead and explain it. And I'll make sure. <laughs> so if you have a task that has more than three steps and you do that task more than three times, you need to document it and start creating your SOP, your standard operating procedure, mm-hmm. your process for doing that. And that's one of the things that we really encourage people when you start thinking about building your business, start building the structure, the foundation to bring on people. Mm -hmm. And so by realizing that has three or 
four or five steps in it. And I'm going to be doing this once a week. So I should document how to do it. I should use my documentation each week when I do it to make sure it's detailed enough so that when I'm ready to hire someone, I can hand this off and explain to them exactly how to do it. And they have a structure to follow. So that I love that rule of three. I hadn't heard that. That's a, I like that idea. Awesome. Yeah. Fun. Like I said, I don't know who I heard it from, but whoever said it was brilliant. It wasn't me. <laughs> okay. So one of the other things that we need to talk about is when we think about burnout and overworking is self-care. Mm -hmm. So do you have some insight and some things that you can tell our audience how they might be able to incorporate that into the search for a new job or the starting a new business? Because there are a lot of parts and pieces moving. Yes, I have a morning routine. That's been the essential for me is having a morning routine. So I wake up at a I wake up at five, I'll go and do a walk and I, I write my journal. I have a gratitude journal and then I write I just do a thought download just to get everything out of my head and make sure I'm centered for the day. So that's a really important part for me. It does, I, it has varied over the months and years that I've done it, but ultimately the point is to get centered for the day. So I'm, I'm my mind's not all cluttered when I get to, when I get to work. The second thing I'll offer, particularly for someone who works from home, this is a whole new experience for me. So I'm, I work from home. My bedroom is five feet that way. And so one of the things that I've really had to keep myself, uh, keep mindful of is that I don't want to, I don't want to just come to work like out of my bedroom. So I, I won't open my door, my office door until I've done all those different things. And I've had to be intentional about, I don't do those things in my office. I do them downstairs um, because I don't want to mix those two, those two elements. If you're not working from home, one of the things that I found was very difficult for me was that transition between work and coming home. So I, as an administrator, particularly, I went from dealing with 900 kids and I would I, I live right close to school. So I did the 900 kids at about an eight minute commute back home. And then I was with three kids and they're different beasts, but it's, I had a hard time with three than I did with 900. So I had to really be intentional about taking it, taking some time to make that transition and be mindful about what it means to go from work to home and how I separate those two, because the boundaries are really important. And then the things that I offer in my program and, and in order to, to get people started is to take 3% of your day back. So a, a, a high achieving professional at midlife is going to be working at least 10 to 12 hours a day. So looking at a 10 hour day, 3% is 18 minutes. So I help my clients by saying, okay, take 18 minutes back from your day. And it's, I really struggled with this because it sounds so simple and it's almost, no one's going to pay attention. But when you really think about it, 18 minutes to someone who's burned out and someone who doesn't think there's any other choice, 18 minutes is a lot of time. And so helping them see that it doesn't, 18 minutes should be a little bit of time as opposed to this insurmountable task for someone to, to take back and really own. So a way to do that is that transition, right? So if I'm leaving work and I have a five minute commute, then that 18 minutes becomes my, that's where I take that back. So I might leave a little earlier. I might come home a little later, divide between the two, but I'm taking care of myself by creating that boundary between work and home. Um, and then the, a, a big thing is asking for help and making it known that you're struggling with burnout. The most important, the most difficult part about burnout is that people don't, people just, people use that term burnout as just 
as as just like flippantly they just say oh i'm just burned out and it they don't people don't realize that it's actually a term and it's it's something that you can't overcome by just taking a, a friday off there's exhaustion and there's stress but then burnout is really the almost like the it is it's the inability to get over that so you're chronically exhausted and there's other things when if i look back on my burnout story the disengagement from work like i like kirsten was saying i have two two master's degrees and i earned my doctorate at uh, at the university of pennsylvania so i was really hell bent on making sure i knew everything i possibly could about my profession and then i just lost interest. <laughs> it makes no sense to me now, but it's like, how did I lose? In, how did I put so much time into that work and then just lose interest in it? And that was a sure sign of burnout that I didn't know. I didn't know any of this stuff was happening. So the disengagement, the disillusionment, the, the cynicism of loud, I'm not, nothing I'm doing is doing any good here. Those are the types of things that really helped shine the light on in reflection when I only know this because reflecting on my retirement, once I figured that out, then I was able to look back and say, oh man, this is, these are the things. And I wasn't taking care of myself. And that was a big, that was a huge issue. Asking for help is a really big, important step. And it's a very difficult step for someone who's burned out and someone who's not used to asking for help or someone who thinks they're going to be seen as weak or as unsuccessful or was not driven. All those different things come into play in that situation. A quick question about someone who has a career. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend that if they have insurance that would cover therapy, that maybe they seek therapy before they would reach out to someone like you, a coach, to help them then figure out where the next steps are? Or do you feel like they can go directly to a coach? I know that you're capable of doing a lot, but you know, sometimes I think people are, are torn between what part is therapy and what part is coaching and how do they overlap? Absolutely. So that's a great question. My, so the way I describe it very simply is that therapy, when you do therapy, you're looking at where you were and how you got to this place. So if I go back into like therapy mindset for me, I look at like my workaholic nature. Uh, I also think that's a term we throw around very loosely that we shouldn't. But for 30 years, I was driving, driving and got to that point where I was burned out. So therapeutically, I would look back at like how I was brought up and the different elements that might have caused me to do that. So that, so therapy gets me to where I am now. Life coaching is about taking you where you are and meeting you where you are and figuring out where you want to be. So if someone is really just unhappy with their career, it doesn't necessarily matter how they got to the point where they're unhappy. It's certainly explorable, but the important part is, okay, what do you want to do? What, like, where are we going from here? Do you want to just stay in this career for another 10 years? Because it certainly seems like you're miserable and you're burned out. And I don't know if, how that's how much longer you're going to be able to do that. So life coaching takes you from where you are to where you want to be in the future. When I work with clients, if I was, I haven't had this experience yet, but if I was to work with a client that I just feel like they need, there's like way more stuff in the back in the past that they need to work out before they worry about the future, I will suggest that they see therapy or in addition to like, this is where I am and this is what I'm helping you with. But there's a lot of things that you might want to take a look at from your past that will help you really get into the future. So oh, that's perfect. Well, Rich, if someone wanted to talk to you about their burnout and, and maybe making a career change or starting a business, how can they go about doing that? How can they go about reaching out with you to you? 
Sure. So as of, I'm really excited to be here and I'm excited to talk to your audience. And I think your audience in particular can benefit from coaching because of the difficult nature of starting your own business and holding on to your own business and making it successful. So I'm offering a free 45 minute breakthrough call through which I'll talk to you. I'll talk to a person about what the signs and symptoms are of possible burnout and also making sure that you're on the, you're still on the path to the fulfillment that you want. When you start a business, you're doing so because you have something to offer the world. And if after all this, and you're really focused and you're just like, you're in it and you're in it and you're in it, but you're not paying attention to what's happening outside, you can really easily lose sight of what you started the business for in the first place. So my job is really to help you maintain that, that larger focus on fulfillment, both for you, but also your clients and customers or whoever you're serving. So if you're interested in a, in a 45 minute breakthrough call, you can go to richardmitchellcoaching.com forward slash six, the, the letter, the, the word six. So richardmitchellcoaching.com forward slash six. That's for our, our podcast here. And we'll get, you can schedule your call and we'll get together and talk through all the different things that are happening and keep you on the right path. So thank you so much for joining us today. This is, I love helping people grow their businesses. And I love the fact that you want to help them avoid burnout or make changes in their career if that's where they are. Because I think, like you said, we all have a passion to help people. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's really exciting to be a part of your, your podcast and helping your people get the results that they want. Thanks for listening to the Six Figure Business Mastery Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this episode and you are ready to leverage video marketing on all online platforms, or maybe even start your own video podcast, then you need to check out the Done For You and Done With You program at themarketingvaadvantage.com and take your business to the next level.